We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast and my head has fallen off because Newcastle United have just been absolutely smashed on their own ground by Nottingham Forest by three goals to one. Chris Wood, remember him. <laughs> you do now. He scored a hat-trick at St. James's Park. And, uh, and I'm Alex. I'm joined by Cy, Charlotte and Adam Widrington to talk about what happened and particularly about the why bit today because we're not happy and... Something I feel like I'm thinking and saying every week is that was the worst performance and result under Eddie Howe, uh, Newcastle, if you include the Chelsea game as a defeat because we didn't progress and they did, it's five defeats in six, it's uh, a dreadful December for Newcastle United, it's potentially a season-ending December in terms of the goals at the start of the season and Champions League qualification and I believe you'd have to make quite a surreal argument to argue Newcastle are one of the best sides in the country at the minute because they were an absolute shambles today second half in particular let's get right into it Sai thoughts mate well that's exactly it. I'm glad you said second half because what I don't understand is how we've turned a 1-0 lead when we were absolutely battering them and loads of opportunities to, to double that lead and, and put the game out of sight how we've come to the final whistle where we've been we've been battered 3-1 and probably could have been more I, I don't understand how we've gone from so comfortable to so bad in such a short space of time now we'll get into it there's lots of things went wrong today pretty much everything that could go wrong today there's some individual performances that i've not not seen as bad since steve bruce there was um tactical changes that didn't make a lot of sense there was just everything everything went wrong today and it's the first time that i start i'm starting to panic about where the season's going this time on sunday after luton we kind of put it down at fatigue it was a hard game hard away game they, they worked really hard we're going to sort ourselves out today. We we're going to get the three points on the board and then look into the new year with a bit of optimism. I don't know where that optimism comes from now. I'm really, really struggling. Yeah, I agree. On on uh, Sunday when we talked about Luton, I was like, anger does nothing for me. I'm actually a very zen person. <laughs> and now I'm just, I'm angry. I was angry watching the performance today. I was angry at the lack of intensity. I was angry at the lack of creativity. I was angry at the lack of any kind of urgency. Um, in the face of losing, three, we were three one down with 20 minutes to go. There's, there is opportunity there. There is time there to turn that around and get a point from this game or get three. Um, and there was just, I just couldn't see it on the pitch. I couldn't see any kind of belief in that on the pitch. Mm. And I mean, I think this is going to be quite a sprawling podcast of this kind of conversation. But I just think that there was a huge lack of cohesion. There was a huge lack of, um, it just, it wasn't gelling. People didn't, like our players didn't look happy. It 
it just didn't work. I'm just, I'm, I'm gutted because I didn't think that would happen. I really, really didn't think that would happen. I think we've been a team that has responded when we've had a run of bad results or we've had a couple of bad results and come out and really kind of shown what we can do. Well, we've shown tonight or this afternoon or whatever the weird warpy timeline is I, that we just, we just don't have it in us at the moment. I was really, really disappointed with that. I, size right, we were cruising at 1-0. We made a couple of mistakes with a few passes going awry, but it, do you know what? It didn't actually matter because we still felt in control. We still felt dominant. And it was that one moment where we 1-0 up, Miggy's got the ball, just needs to square it. One of his players, Isak was there. I think Gordon was behind him as well. Or shoot. Or shoot, of course. Um, doesn't like to use that right foot, does he? And from that moment, they went down the other end of the pitch, broke on the counter-attack really, really effectively. They were excellent down the wings against our, our ageing and slowing fullbacks. And <laughs> it's true. And we, that moment in itself turned the game on its head. 1-1, just before half-time, uh, we didn't make the tactical um, changes I thought we should have made at half-time. And within 15 minutes of the second half, the game was pretty much dead and buried and they could sit back and it was going to be even more difficult for us to try and break them down such that... I, I, look, I, at the start of the season, one of the main criticisms of this team that I thought we should really improve was our ability to defend fast, pacey attacks from the wide areas and Nottingham Forest just had our number from, from, from the first half and there was, there was warning signs there and then they, they, they broke through, had so many clear-cut chances attacking us on the break and we had no answer for it and we had plenty of warnings and we changed it far too late in the end and it was a deserved victory for Nottingham Forest and a really excellent game plan for an away team coming to St James's Park. I, I thought they were excellent today and they deserved everything but we did make Chris Wood look like prime Lewandowski which was pretty disappointing. <laughs> so sad. I think the scoreline flatters us. They should, have, they should have had more goals. They wanted more goals. They're just not a brilliant side or even that good of a side they're shit charlotte that's why they're, <laughs> that's why they're 17th in the league before today and that's that's the massive concern it's not like we've been going to good teams big sides although we have gone to some decent sides in terms of spurs and being turned over comfortably and convincingly but we are we are don't want to go overboard here and we'll talk about the the mitigation stuff if anyone still believes it and they might and you might have good arguments for that but Newcastle are the easiest team to create a chance against in the league at the minute. I don't think there could be much argument about that. They look the least like scoring. They don't look like scoring. Like you said, Cy, first half, that Newcastle pen Forrest in. They have a lot of touches of the ball in Forrest's penalty area that result in not even a chance being created, never mind a big chance. They are the signs of a bad team. And I think right now Newcastle going back even to the Manchester United home game, what was that, the 2nd of December, maybe? In in 24 days, they've gone from looking like a really good side, at least at home, to just a bad football team in the space of a month. And lots of the reasons for that don't look immediately fixable. However, there is, you know, Newcastle, we're talking today on the 26th of December, since the 27th of November, Newcastle have played 10 fixtures, which is... 10 games in 30 days. And they play three fixtures, possibly four, depending on the FA Cup, um, in the next 30 days. The problem that 
we have as fans and how has as a manager, and we'll talk about his position in a bit, is that it doesn't immediately look like it's going to get loads better considering it's Liverpool away, Manchester City at home and Villa away or the fixtures within those next 30 days, ignoring the FA Cup tie against the league opposition. So lots and lots of questions being thrown up by these performances and I think there's, I'm looking at some of the stuff on social media now, lots of fans always want to have a discussion how should be under pressure he's not under pressure I guarantee he's under pressure guarantee he's under pressure from himself which is such a wanky thing to say but he he, the standards and that's the sad thing about this the standards that he and his side have set themselves over the past two years they've just fallen they're not just fallen short they're they're playing to a different set of standards if if today and some of the stuff we've seen recently is anything like acceptable which which I don't think it is and the most concerning thing for me is, like you said, Charlotte, it's that we are once again lucky to just concede three today. Even at, when Newcastle are, are the better side in the first half, Nottingham Forest go through twice and should score and don't. And that's 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 before that's a, at nil-nil and one-nil. One and the fact that we are unable at any point in, in the fixture to fix that problem, to manage that issue, is a massive concern. And we'll get into all of that in, in, in later parts of the show. But I just think that the the goodwill that has existed amongst the fan base that's really been tested this season, in particular this month of December, days like today just just eviscerate it. You, you cannot look at that, in my opinion, today and think that um, Eddie Howe or the players have, have got almost anything right. I think, let's get the positives out of the way. Lewis Marley and Alexander Isak. Very good. It's done. Positives done. <laughs> out oh, the way. man. <laughs> Can't we have something? Can't we have one good thing? Don't need to talk about them any further. Um but but at every single conceivable level today, how was outthought by Nuno, who's been in the job literally five fucking minutes, um, and that's that's a concern as well. And I'm really worried about where it goes from here. The only the only positive I'll say before going to say is, you know, over to you lads against Liverpool. Go to Liverpool. Put put right everything that's gone wrong. Do all the things that you used to do well, and the season salvageable. But at the minute, you'd suggest Liverpool will steamroller through Newcastle United with ease. Uh, and I can't sugarcoat that and pretend like it's going to be anything else, Si. It's a big ask. You're probably looking at the Magnum's game as the next catalyst for the season, really, because that Liverpool game just looks like a game we do not want at all. But yeah, um, trying to think... You, you, all right, we'll not talk about Isaac and, and Miley as a positive. I thought, in an attacking sense, we created enough chances to, to win the game today. I thought we, we created chances. We should have scored more. We'll talk about some of the players who've, who've fluffed chances, like Miggy, and, and you've already mentioned one of the opportunities he had, Adam. Um, <clears throat> I thought I thought we could have easily scored more goals today. Defensively is is the concern. We, we were at home to Sheffield, uh, Sheffield, Nottingham Forest. Chris Wood scored a hat-trick. Chris Wood, two of those goals, it wasn't down the, down the wings. It was just balls to Chris Wood on the counter. And if our defence can't... I mean, this is the, the back four that was the best defence in the league last season. Literally the back four. Now, they're all a year older. Trip is a year older. Shares a year older. Pace-wise, they are, they, they've never been the quickest, but they always had a plan. They always were able to deal with whatever they've thrown on. Add to that, they had Longstaff and Bruno in front of them. That's pretty consistent with, with last season as well. So where the fuck have they gone? What the fuck is that? Yes, they're a year older, but the, the biggest fit? concern... Who's yeah. fit? That's the thing. Is Fen Botman fit? He's gone off today uh, again. And, and if he's not fit, it once again raises the question about bringing players back before they're ready to play. When, as good as Sven Botman is, there are other players on the bench who in an emergency can come in. Like Paul Dummett's not played a single minute of Premier League football since being man of the match against Manchester City at home in the League Cup. I, I agree with you. I just want to come back on you for one point. 
yeah, we created lots of chances, but only when we were on top, and only when it was level. And yeah. like we, we cannot play football when we're behind, which is yeah. a bad thing to be as a football team. It's like we go behind or the game goes against us and everything just, just falls off a cliff. And that's my concern because I agree with you. Newcastle should be further ahead in the first half. Yeah. It's not a good thing though. It's not like, oh, well, if only this had happened. Like Forrester are a bad team and it keeps happening in games where as soon as the game goes against us, we're unable to reverse the, the trend. And again, yeah. it's, just, it's just a sign of a bad team. And, and I, I know we're not a bad team, but it's hard to make a case that we're anything other than at the minute because all of those things which we're going to get into part two of the show and beyond just aren't there at the minute we'll, we'll break now then for, for part two there's a few adverts coming up come and support us on patreon lots to talk about before liverpool including a full liverpool preview maybe a little review of the year as well so it's between three and eight pounds a month there's a link in the description of this podcast speak to you after these adverts we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I suppose the first thing that we want to talk about in terms of this fixture is is the fact that Newcastle seem incapable of managing the game from a, a very positive position in terms of being 1-0 up, creating chances, having a lot of ball in Forest final third, and then capitulating from there, Adam. So, so kind of how and why did that happen? Well, yeah, as I said, the game turned in that minute where it should have been 2-0, and then suddenly it was 1-1, and we, we, it absolutely buckled our confidence now. The fact that they were getting in so easily past Dan Byrne in particular, Alanga was just gliding through our lines. Um, what I struggle to comprehend is that the, the time to make the change, for, personally, was, was at half-time, and it's, hindsight's obviously a great thing, but obviously the first minute of the second half, Alanga has burned Dan Byrne, like he has left him for dead. And that was... That, that was the problem. That was the problem in the whole first half and it wasn't addressed. And I was having chats at half time saying, do you know what, I back, I back Eddie to make, to fix what's happening. I, I, I back him to find um, a resolution to, to, to this issue that we're having constantly. But I don't know if it was arrogance. I don't know if it was naivety. I don't know if it was just supreme confidence in our tactical system and the players out there to fix it on the pitch. 
Maybe it was a little bit of all three that then conspired to, for Nottingham Forest to smell blood, keep doing what they were doing well. It wasn't, just, it wasn't hard. It was pretty simple. Just catch us on the break, get us in wide areas. And w- w- we've pushed all of our players up. I think the reason that we're pushing so far forward is to be assertive, to be aggressive, trying to press them, which we did really well in the first sort of 20 minutes. Yeah. So I think there was a, maybe he did that knowing that we could take a risk, but thought, well, we're at home. That gives us an extra bit of back and I feel more confident being able to do that. But the risk was there. We left loads of gaps in the midfield. Morgan Gibbs-White running the show. I thought he was excellent today. Really good creator. Um, and they were, they were just so efficient with their attacks. They... Didn't have, didn't have a lot of the ball, didn't see a lot of possession, but when they did, they were clinical when they created those chances and they finished us off. And you have to just, you have to congratulate how, how good they were, but how naive were, us, were we to keep such a high line when we were getting done on pace, so they had pace in behind. It's, it's us, tr- we're trying to get back to Eddie Howe football that we played all of last season and blew teams away in most, most home games last season, but also away from home, but... Um, we're not doing it. It's it, it, it kind of it worked like you say in the first twenty minutes. We're doing some prop pressing, and they were going back to the keeper. Sometimes kicking out of play, and I was like, actually, this is this is what I'm used to. And I was like, is it because we've got Isaac Botman and, and Bruno down the spine? You know, is the team kind of coming back together a bit? And he started to believe that things were going to turn a corner, but then the energy level seemed to drop. And then throughout the second half, we're do, we're trying to do a bit of pressing, but not everyone's pressing. I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know if it's belief. I don't know if the the team cohesion just isn't there anymore because there was one player going, the other one's not. Isaac's making a run across to another player, then Miggy's 10 yards behind his, so it's a waste of energy. Gordon's the same on the other side. There's no group press. There's no kind of team effort. It's all kind of dis- like disconnected. Then we get stretched. Then we get opened up like a, like a tin. <laughs> is, that, is that the phrase? Opened up like a, a tin. Like a, like a, a can. can, like a knife through butter. And it, it, it's, it's because it's because some of those players have gone, some of them haven't. And it's just the, the t- they're just leaving huge holes in the, in, the, in the team that we did not last season. And it might be to do with some of these mitigations we've talked about on week after week after week. And it's getting harder and harder just to keep saying, oh, but fatigue, oh, but fatigue. Like we've got players back now. We should be able to manage the squad a bit better and not have so much fatigue <laughs> evident. Forrest played with 10 men. That's the thing. Forrest played with 10 men three days ago. So the fatigue thing is yeah. not as clear cut. Go on, Charlotte. I just, um, I, I want to t- pick up on your cohesion point and talk about that because a lot of the, um, okay, fatigue, okay, they're not playing, etc. But there's still a lot you can do in training, which is like theoretical and, and working about working with your players who maybe aren't able to physically push themselves in training and in, and, and in games as much as they have been able to in the past. But there's still so much work you can do with them to understand how, how we're going to set up, what, what, what runs we're going to make, what plays we're going to make. And it did not feel like we'd done any of that work. Today, people were doing these like fun little back passes to Nottingham Forest because nobody's there because the the cohesion wasn't and and as the game got wore on um it, it just looked to me like certain players were just getting pissed off with each other Kieran Trippier looked irritated he was telling everyone to calm down it, it, by the very end of the game he was just fully directing players with the ball were looking to Trippier who was showing them where to pass he's to he's playing centre half at this he, point he, as well like. yeah he's 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 like moving everyone around Dubravka's fucking useless at, at that like he used to be quite good like ages ago but he's absolutely fucking useless at getting um 
that backline organized they were arguing with him like every time he had the ball to roll it out here they were there was they were they were sniping mm. at each other that is that is not going to work long term that is just it just does not work and i have a massive concern about that i think um the, the knock-on effect of all of this and the results we've was it did you say we've lost five out of six six out of seven have included the chelsea defeat in, in the cup um the confidence is gone from that team and we seem to have it early on but as soon as things start going against us they lose all belief in themselves and i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about sean longstaff for the second podcast in a row because i just thought every time he had the ball he, he did something stupid he, he played a really naff pass or a backwards pass or just killed our momentum um i think he wasn't trying anything he didn't seem to believe in himself to be able to make yeah. those nice kind of passes that he can do um i thought him and miley in particular didn't seem to be in in, in um clicking um i thought then bruno seemed to be getting very frustrated with his teammates and i thought isaac after 20 minutes um and i don't know if this is why i got moved out to the left but he was up front he wasn't really making runs and ben mm. me and ben were saying to each other it's because he doesn't think he's going to get the ball like he stopped making those runs in the channels the channels that he's so good at he does not believe that ball's coming because every time the ball came to miggy or longstaff or miley i don't want to criticize Maddie because i thought he was very good today but yeah no one's looking up and trying to find our 65 million pound center forward he's trying to find space to get the ball we're just going back going sideways the passing slow and it's just that is a lack of confidence that is football players who don't believe in themselves to to do what they were doing six seven weeks ago just really quickly before alan comes in then the one time in the, the one genuine bit of kind of world-class football that we put together in the game was miley finding isaac between a center back and a mm. fullback and then winning a penalty yeah. great ball one time ball. The, the two things that eddie howe is known for in his playing style is this intensity is our identity we're not seeing the intensity because our forward line is knackered people are fatigued and you're right there's a lack of cohesion the other thing is our unity our togetherness that gets us through that makes us bigger than the sum of our parts and as charlotte's rightly pointed out that togetherness is is, is sort of crumbling in front of our eyes onto the pitch now i don't think it's a, i don't think it's i don't think it's crippling i don't think it's devastating we will we there is still a strong core in this squad but we're just starting to see the edges fray a bit and we're just starting to see chinks in the armour that we need to address fast because th there's no point in having a, a together squad that can galvanise if it, it needs to be able to galvanise during those, these bad times when we're losing so many games back to back to back. That's when it's easy to feel together when things are going right, when, things, when you're winning games and you're progressing in competitions, but it's when we're losing, when the chips are down, that's, that's when we need the galvanising to happen and we need to see it quickly. My dad turned to me at the end of the game and went, do you think he's lost the dressing room? And I was like, no, I think that's a really dramatic and weird thing to say. But those are the questions that start getting asked now. Like my dad's not a terminally online man and he's starting to ask those questions. Can you imagine what the noise is going to be? Like, I'm like not looking at Twitter, not looking at anything else at the mm. moment. But the, 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 and I think some of those questions are valid. I don't think, I don't think Eddie has lost the dressing room. I think the players really respect him and they know this is, this is a terrible patch and we'll get there. But other questions probably do need to start being asked. There's some questions that are evident uh, what is going on with Kieran Trippier because our captain definitely seems lost and there's there's lots of rumors he, going around about what's going on with game. Him, sorry just sorry to interrupt you again he's, he's come out post game and said he's aware that his standards have dropped and he's mm. sorry no oh, uh, never mind then at the same time like Miggy's going through the worst patch of form in his in his <laughs> spell at Newcastle and I know it, we can't drop him because there's no one else who can play there from the start of games until we have Murphy and or others available um, although I'd be I'd be looking for any reason to try and change it up now because the lad needs a rest clearly because he's just not playing football properly at all. Literally cost us the game. You could argue with with what he did in terms of not doing anything and then letting them break. 
Um, Bruno is losing his head towards the end. You never like to see that, but he, he's, he's becoming more and more guilty of just getting frustrated and then just doing stupid things as well. For the last 20 minutes, yes, you're right, Charlotte. We, there was still, I, I never thought we were going to score two goals, but 20 minutes should be enough time at home to Nottingham Forest to get yourself back in the game. Right. And instead, we were kind of losing our heads, going around committing silly fouls, giving them ample opportunity to just waste two minutes here, waste two minutes there, making it so easy for them to see out the game. There's a lack of leadership suddenly, uh, and I'm not just blaming Trippier, and uh, I'm sure he, he he knows and wants to work on what's going on, but the rest of the team doesn't seem to be um, showing signs of leadership. I don't know what's going on. No one's sort of taking the game by the scruff of the neck going, how are lads? This isn't good enough. It just seems like they're all looking at each other going, what the fuck is going on? And that's not a good place to be, is it? I find it interesting that you all talk about um, leadership and togetherness. And whilst there probably is something in that in terms of how football teams at this elite level operate, particularly over kind of seasons when you go through ups and downs and this is a down period now and you have to stick together and you have to remain focused but also trust the the manager in the process but I just feel like we're skirting around a bigger issue here and that's questions of Eddie Howe's game management and someone at the game actually said to me it was a brilliant point at half times so this is 1-1 why can't we play like that away from home like Forrest has played against us absorb pressure and hit on the counter-attack. Can't do it. Couldn't do it against Luton, couldn't do it against Everton, couldn't do it against Bournemouth, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't do it Couldn't do it against uh, Dortmund, couldn't do it in Milan. Couldn't really do it in Paris, though we did it a bit better in Paris. Like, it's really interesting here, you all three of you allude to the intensity and how oh, if it's not there, then we leave these big gaps open and I, 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 maybe you're right. And if you are right, it's a concern because if, you're, if you are all right or that the wider perception that Newcastle are tired so leave so become the easiest team in the league to create a chance against at the minute why why don't the coaching staff and the manager think okay well, we can't play like this today or even mm -hmm. in this part of the game why not at half time does the manager not look at the performance of Miguel Almiron in particular potentially Dan Byrne too which we're going to but Miguel Almiron in particular where I, I agree with you Sai you're right pre-game you can't really not play Almiron but at half time, you can bring them off. And I, I hate myself for this. And I, I'm rarely right about these things. But at half time, I said to Ben, and I text Norman Rarely of this podcast saying, here's what will happen second half. If we'll concede a second goal, he will immediately take off. Miguel Moron and Dan Byrne, he'll bring on Tito Livermento and Wilson, and he'll put Isaac on the left. And I want, one, I didn't want to be right because I didn't want to concede the second goal. And two, I don't want to be right because if it's that fucking predictable to someone like me in the stands, it's going to be really predictable both to our players, their players, and the opposition manager. And it just screamed at half time, Miggy Almiron is detrimental to his team here. The amount of touches he's had in the box, which has been a consistent theme across December, to be honest with you, where he ends up taking the ball away from goal or out of the penalty area. You can see teammates starting to get demoralized. You can see teammates not expecting the pass. You can see teammates kind of worrying about what he's going to do next. And to, to bring him out second half after he'd been so instrumental in Forrest equaliser, not, by the way, that it's his fault Forrest equaliser. It's not his fault. There are so much, so many other things yeah. he has to can do right. When he almost hits the ball into the back of the net, which speaking to people at the game who didn't have a great view of it like we did in the corner, a lot of people on the ground, I think, don't really realise how close he came to one of the famous, most famous own goals where he's under no pressure. He's got no one near him. 
and, and I assume he's trying to kick the ball, kind of glance the ball out of play, but doesn't realise there's a Forest player literally stood between him and the goal. And the Forest player actually saves him the humiliation of that own goal. His head had gone. Megan Almiron's head had gone. He mm-hmm. should not have come out second half. He should not have come out because of the detrimental effect he was having on his team and his teammates. He should not have come out because his head clearly wasn't in the right place after that performance and that run and the goal. And the concerning thing about how in this instance, just like earlier in the season when we had everyone fit, where the subs became very predictable, it's just so predictable uh, that Newcastle would come out second half, not fix any of the fundamental issues they had in terms of being hit on the counter-attack, um, and then make the changes that he was going to make and, and, and set up like he set up. I, I don't think Dan Byrne should have started that game, but I can understand why. I can't understand why Dan Byrne comes out second half when he is such a weak point yeah. and Tino Livermento's strengths are the opposite of Dan Byrne's weaknesses. It just doesn't It doesn't make any sense to let the game go before making those changes. And I think it's only, is it only is it 55 minutes? Uh, yeah. When he, when, when he makes those changes? Yeah, and yeah it was... there's there's a lot to be said like you said about fatigue about fixture congestion about confidence Newcastle's issues in this fixture and in fixtures that all have been away from home up up until this point they're not difficult to see but why are we seeing the same flaws exposed over and over again Newcastle was so wide open first half today in my opinion Howell's message second half has got to be we want to push we want to press you can't but we, and we want to score a second goal but we cannot go out there hire a load of players forward and find ourselves 2-1 down as soon as the second half starts and like you say um, Adam before the second goal the second half starts and once again Alanga is 1-1 with Dambin with the ball at feet in our, in, in our half and in 0.2 seconds later he's through and he's passed him that, sh- that, that should have been priority number one at half term Rest of the team, this isn't even Dan Burns' fault. Rest of the team, you cannot let Alanga get one on one once again with Dan Burn in our half because he's going to beat them and they're going to be through. And it just seems like I, I don't know what they said at half time. Maybe how is saying these things at half time? But if he's identifying them at half time and they're not being fixed, that's an even bigger worry because then you start getting into um, corridors like you just said, Charlotte. Like your dad, has he lost the dressing room? I don't think he's lost the dressing room either. But that second half performance, the performance and the fact that we could all see it coming and the fact that Howe hasn't done anything, it would seem, at half time to try and pre- to try and prevent what we saw coming, that's a big concern to me. You've silenced us all, haven't you? We're going to leave it there then for part two of the show and do, uh, and do part three, come back after this. Charlotte, then here we are, probably since the, since, for the first time since Watford in uh, January 2022, questioning... Eddie Howe somewhat. Uh, is it fair? Are you questioning him? That turning point, that game. Um, yes. Look, I don't think that Eddie Howe is going to get sacked tonight or in the morning or whenever, you know, the song says that he will. But I do think that as fans, for all the reasons we've just discussed, the in-game management, the uh, lack of creativity, the co- lack of cohesion which were all things he seemed to be really good at a year ago. Um, I think for all those reasons, there are questions being asked about, is he the right man to take us forward now? Um, and a lot of people said, oh, he's a stopgap manager, didn't they? When we, when, we, when we got Eddie Howe, it's like, he won't be your 10-year manager, he's a stopgap manager. And I was like, that's bollocks, that's wrong. And now I'm like, maybe, maybe if we are going to you know, push on, but I'm also really reticent to say it because I don't want him to go. I'd like, I'd like, 
I like a, a story. I like a, a, a good, happy ending. I like the idea that we can go through this rough patch. We can identify all these weak spots. We can fix the weak spots. And I think Eddie Howe ha- probably can do something about it. He needs time. But in this, like, in this industry, in this job, you don't often get a lot of time. You don't get the time to fix it. We don't have lots of time. We have game upon game. Obviously, there's a bit of a break in in January, and, and hopefully, hopefully, we can have you know we do our warm weather training camp, and that often brings us back refreshed and makes things better. But I think fans are starting to question him, and if fans are starting to question him, then other people who actually have influence are probably also starting to question him. Yeah, I think that's probably the more important point. Is yeah. that I think Eddie Howe probably is under a little bit of pressure now from the ownership. Probably the more the ownership that we don't see more than more than the ownership that we do see um i think it's fair to ask some questions at the moment based on what's been happening uh, i think it would also be a bit mental to to get too carried away because we've yeah. spoken for months about the kind of seasons we've had and and there's been some unprecedented injuries and stuff and i think eddie howe has made mistakes this season i think he's had some difficult decisions to make and has got everyone them right and i think uh, you and i talked about this alex before before we came down here about the fact that He's managed to squad quite poorly during this, the injury crisis. There are other players he could have used. There, the fact that we've got, yes, he had to play the same 11 players quite a bit and they're all knackered now, but there was opportunities along the way to, to make that easier on ourselves and he probably will regret some of those decisions. He's took gambles on just, just seeing it through, basically playing the same team and hoping that they'll just, you know, they'll have off days, but they'll have good days. But at the minute we're just having off days every week and then they look more and more tired each time. So it hasn't been worth it. It's like, well, we might as well have played the kids for one of those games and then got everyone back fresh, mm. and it might have been a different result. That said, I think this whole season has been just an unbelievable, unprecedented challenge, and I think Eddie Howe should get absolutely this season and the start of the next to see where we get to before anything serious, any serious question should be should be asked about his position. Um, I think it would be mental to, to be talking about it. I don't know who would line up, but... I just think it's it's far too early to be getting to that thing. And, and I also think it's going to get worse. I, it's really hard to see us winning a game in January, bar the Mackhams. I really hope we fucking beat the Mackhams. But yeah. how big is that now? How much pressure is on that game now? And if he loses that, he will lose the fans. And that's that's a big, big concern. But what I was worried about today um, as well, which contributes to probably the pressure that people might perceive on how is that I thought the crowd was poor. Now, listen, listen it's, a, it's a 12.30 Boxing Day kickoff. No one's been in the pub. It's, it's a very different crowd anyway quite a few empty seats people just haven't made it into the city obviously there's not much public transport you've got to drive in people have had a few too many wines on christmas day they've probably just thought you know what i'm not feeling it but why are they not feeling it it's because newcastle haven't been playing very well if newcastle were in form everyone's in their seats and and there's a much better atmosphere so when that starts to turn that's much much harder to get back especially because like i said i think we're going to get worse before better he's got some real real um turbulent times ahead that he has to come through and I don't know where he goes from here because I really think Liverpool's not the best game to 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 start that journey Sunderland might be Sunderland might be the one where we can kick start it get get everyone back on side and then you know a home game against Man City looks nice um if we've just beaten the Mackhams and got ourselves back on track so there are ways that the season can get back on track and then we don't ask any questions of Eddie Howe because I think he really does have so much credit in the bank that we yeah. don't need to be having those conversations yet but it would be silly to deny that they aren't happening somewhere because I think people are starting to... I mean, like you, Charlotte, I have not looked at, at Twitter since the full-time whistle and I probably don't plan to tonight. I'm going to go home and just enjoy the rest of the Christmas period now. But 
there, there are questions and it might be national media it might not be so many Newcastle supporters there'll be some but mostly other outlets and, and other areas of the world will be talking about this and it would be silly to deny it because there are questions to be asked we've just lost seven out of eight games but credit in the bank for me these questions need to be pushed down the road for, for me I think um, today felt like an away performance at St James's Park and we've every right to be critical of what we saw, the decisions that were made in game and how we approached that second half. But ultimately, Eddie Howe is the man for me to turn this around. What we do know of Eddie Howe and his coaching staff and the players is that maximum effort. They will be working day and night to resolve this. They might not get it right straight away. It might take getting past a couple of those tough fixtures. But I still believe in the manager. I still believe in what we have here. Um, and I think it is just a case of getting some players back in January, maybe a couple of fresh faces to just freshen things up, mm. add a bit more competition for places. And I think that's what we've been sorely lacking. We've been very, very one-dimensional in the last couple of months, sometimes out of our hands, sometimes in our hands as well. So lessons to be learned, but Eddie's definitely the man for me still. I think that if this fixture in this run it can be a clear diversion from what we see coming for, uh, moving forward, even if results aren't as good as we'd hope. I think most fans will understand and appreciate that it's, it was an insane month in a difficult time. We dropped below some of the standards we set ourselves. Some mistakes were made, whether you want to talk about team selection, transfer window even earlier in the season. And then from, from this point where there's only in theory potentially three games in the next 30 days and things get better from here, I think that, that credit in the bank will be cashed in quite easily because fans will get behind the project. The, the, the great thing about what Eddie Howe has done so far is he's just got everyone on side. The way that Newcastle play football, particularly at home, people buy into it, people invest in it. And we didn't see it today, really. But over the past two years, we've seen so much that's, that you, you, you want to believe in. It makes going through tougher periods easier to swallow. The problem that they have is if we go to Liverpool and play like we did at, say, Luton or Bournemouth or Everton or Spurs, when is that reversal coming? Now, I actually disagree slightly, Si. I think Liverpool is maybe a good game for this side next because you can go to Liverpool, you can fuck off whatever away plan we've had in the past, you know, however many away games a season, and you can say, we're going to retain an attacking threat we're going to press in stages, but we're going to be compact. We're going to get behind the ball. We're going to make sure Liverpool don't just walk through us like a load of bad teams do. And we're going to, we're going to give it a real go, but we're going to be solid and hard to break down. If we had, um, I don't know, think of a bad team, say Forest away next or something like that, or we had Burnley away, that's a much more tricky fixture to get around because if it doesn't go well again, then the, the kind of conversations we're having now and conversations some fans are having become much more harder to, to just move past and think, well, it'll be okay because the past was okay. So I think Liverpool is a good one. The Sunderland game isn't a good one. I have to go to Sunderland and win. A draw is not a good result. I have to go to Sunderland and win. Sunderland are a poor side at the minute. Poor side anyway, because they're a league below, but they're a, they're a football club in crisis a little bit. Um, more so than, than we are probably in terms of the directions of the club overall. But I just feel like there's some... There's some conversations that need to be had over the next six days about what kind of side we're supposed to be right now because by the time that we play, I don't think any players are due back um, for the Liverpool game that we already have. But if we look at, you, I assume you'll play the same back four. 
Charnett said to me, post-game, walking here, Martin Dubravka, what the fuck? I mean, he's just come in and just conceded goal after goal, not really looked like making a particularly difficult save. But you assume it's going to be the same back five. And then if they can show us as supporters that the, 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 this little period, even if you just say the last kind of two weeks really have been the anomaly, then then all is well. I don't think Eddie Howe's job is in particular danger, but yeah. he can't go to Liverpool and get smashed and then lose to Sunderland and then get smashed by Man City and smashed by Villa. That's not, that is simply not going to happen. And the whole point of being a big football club and setting high standards is, is that once you drop below them, there's a clear kind of line about about what needs to happen. At the end of the day, Newcastle played Forest and were dog shit today. Newcastle were dog shit in the second half. They were okay in the first half. Should have, should have probably been ahead by more, but when you... When you give away goals like Newcastle did today and when you concede chances like Newcastle did and that's on the back of Luton should have scored more against you. Bournemouth definitely should have scored more. Spurs scored four and should have scored more against you. The concern is that it's just not reversible like we need it to be. And if that continues, how we'll be under pressure? Probably quite rightly so because it, like this is when we had this conversation with Adam, didn't we, after Luton? It's not consequence-free football. Mm. It's not as much as we, we, we love Eddie Howe and we love what Newcastle United have done. It's not consequence-free football. And I don't think Eddie Howe would argue it should be consequence-free football. If, if you play shit and get beat all the time, some, something bad is going to happen. The beautiful thing for, for him and for Newcastle and for us is we know that this squad and these players and this manager are capable of much, much more. If they can get back to that level or something near it pretty quick, everything will be fine. And then some, as we approach the second half of the season where we're only playing once a week, mm for nearly the rest of the season assuming even if we do get through in the FA Cup which we should everything should be okay any closing thoughts from anyone anything we've not covered do you think today mm. Isaac was, was really really good I thought <laughs> I don't know how that lad's <laughs> not scored more high. than one goal like, honestly yeah. I think he should have scored more only one who looked like really doing anything uh, with, with Miley helping him out with some, some good passing but um yeah, we, we're going to need him so much if we're going to get the season back on track because I thought Wilson came on and looked a bit anonymous again and he's not really led the line anything like what he used to. Um, and it is frustrating watching Isaac go at the left, but I thought from the left he looked as much of a threat as anyone else on the pitch still. So, you know, you're still he, buzzing though if you're Forrest. If you're oh a Forrest yeah, centre-back, yeah. you're absolutely buzzing. I don't blame Hal for that because he, he's got what he's got. But yeah. if, you, if, 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 if you're a centre-back and now the Isaac is now a full-back and a winger problem, you're just like, thank fuck, I'll deal with Wilson <laughs> every day of the week. Yeah. 100%. But I thought, yeah, Isaac's look, he looked like the, the, the Isaac we had during that spell last season. So that is a, a positive to take in the next week where, you know, Anfield, he's quite good there. So who knows? We'll leave it there then. Thanks to, to you three. Thanks to everybody for listening. Wow, what a podcast it's been getting things off our chest when we record straight after the game like we have today. Uh, we'll be back with the free podcast immediately after the Liverpool game on New Year's Day. And let's bring in 2024 with a performance at least at Anfield that would be nice we're on Patreon it's between three and eight pounds a month would love it if you joined us we've got loads to talk about this week we're going to get into the tactics and the breakdown of, of what happened in this one and the games before more we might have a look at what might happen moving forwards as well so if you want to listen to those podcasts come and join us between three and eight pounds a month speak to you all very soon bye-bye for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.